Hey, lovely, and welcome to the Manifestation Vibes podcast. My name is Laura Grady, and I'm a women's empowerment coach and fulfillment mentor, helping you manifest your desires, live in a state of inspiration, alignment, and ease without the burnout. For the last few years, I've coached and mentored thousands of women worldwide to help them create the life they desire through my online coaching business, helping women step into their most confident, authentic selves. This podcast is for the woman who desires a bigger and better life for herself. For the woman interested in the depth of manifestation, personal development, and spirituality, and for the woman done with the fluffy BS this spiritual and personal development world can sometimes bring. In this podcast, I will be delivering you weekly episodes on all things manifestation, spirituality, personal development, to empower you to live a life you love. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to Manifestation Vibes, the podcast. I'm excited to be jumping on today to talk a little bit about spirituality, to talk about my own spiritual journey and to be kind of giving you some tips and tricks on how to either work with yours in the early stages or how to begin to expand upon um, your spiritual journey and your spirituality, your gifts, uh, whatever you want to call it. So I am excited to be jumping in today and chat about this. Um, I also have like a slight amount of hesitation around it just because in the past I have I have spoken about these topics before and um, look, me just being fully transparent, like I felt very ostracized by um, social groups, by people that I've known in my past um, for having probably a difference of opinion around spirituality and, you know, how I view spirituality might be different to how you view spirituality or how another person views spirituality. Um, but you know, I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong. And I expect that you will not be telling me that I'm wrong either, because there is no such thing as right or wrong. Everybody's journey is entirely different. And so, um, I, I'm excited to be sharing this also have that hesitation and you'll understand more when I get into kind of my journey with spirituality um, and the things that have happened and, uh, you know, experiences that I've had that haven't been, <laughs> haven't been lovely, but you know, it's all part of the journey and life's not perfect and that's totally fine. And things get to change and things get to shift. Um, so anyway, we may as well get into it. So spirituality, um, I would consider myself to be a, an incredibly spiritual person, right? I live and breathe by my intuition. I connect with God's source, angels, whatever you want to call it, every single day. I practice this basically every day. I practice spirituality, some form of it every single day. I run my business from a spiritual standpoint as well. I would say that I run it from a very spiritual standpoint. The way that I work with my clients comes from a very um, grounded uh, spiritual place as well. And yeah, it's it's a it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love that spirituality feeds into every single aspect of my life. This beautiful faith that, you know, we're always being guided, we're always being supported. And there is so much more to connect to outside of, you know, what we see in the 3D, you know, outside of what we just see day to day, what we experience day to day. I'm a firm believer that there is so much more out there. And um, as a child, I'm, I'm going to go back all the way to childhood to explain a, bit, a little bit about my journey around this. So as a child, 
I grew up in an environment where my my mum was sort of she wasn't atheist or anything, but I don't she was very spiritual. Like she my mum's very, very, very spiritual. Like I remember as a kid, um, her and her best friend, a couple of her best friends actually, would like play with tarot cards and they would like be playing with crystals and they had these like funny oil things that they would do healings with and you know, they were very, very, very into it. They've always been very, very, very into it. Um, and so I kind of grew up around that and I, I want to take you, you know, just to get a, get an understanding about my family. My um, dad grew up Catholic and he and his whole family grew up Catholic. They don't identify, a lot of them don't really, I don't think that they really identify with that as much anymore. I mean, my auntie, she decided to convert to Buddhism, which I love. Uh, she's such a free spirit. And, yeah, my dad, he he's definitely always believed in God, always believed in something more. Um, both my parents uh, do believe that there is something greater out there. They've never been able to fully define it, but they've always believed in it. And as a kid, I went to a, a Catholic school, um, great school, it was really wonderful. Um, we did all the churchy God things. And uh, as a child, like, I mean, kind of a bit of a gullible child. And I was having weird experiences as a kid. But I just like fully soaked it in. I fully soaked in the Catholicism aspect of everything. Um, both my grandparents were, you know, heavily practiced um, Catholics. My my nan, she still goes to church. She's like in her late 80s and she still goes to church every Sunday um, and she prays for everyone all the time and I think it's beautiful. I have no issues with it. But something about Catholicism, I, do, I don't know what it was, but it didn't sit well with me, even as a very small child. And I think that's because of the stories that we would hear, um, the Bible passages. I was like, what is what the fuck is going on here? This does not sound right. Like this, It just didn't feel good to me. Like I always felt like I was being um, – guilted like if I was bad that I would be I would be punished by God right and my parents never said this to me my grandparents never even said this to me yeah this was just sort of like the feeling that I got um as a result of kind of growing in that growing up in that space um and as I started to get a little bit older you know I moved to a different school that school practiced um like they were Anglican which is a bit of a different flavor of Christianity Oh, yeah, different flavor. And um, I didn't fare well there. <laughs> and mind you, like as a small child, I had very odd experiences happen. And I'll explain a couple of like weird ghost paranormal kind of experiences as well, just so you get the greater picture of like how I was viewing the world as a very small child. So as a very, very, very small child, um, my parents explain what they've told me that very odd things would happen around me. Um, I do remember some of them. I don't remember a whole heap of them um, because I think, you know, part of you just shuts things out. Um, so I, as a very, very small child, I would see things all the time. Like I would always be complaining to my parents saying, oh, you know, there's someone here or there's someone at the end of my bed and they they always come and visit me and um, you know, certain things would happen where I would see people and then recognize them in family photos later on. And like, you know, just these odd experiences. I'd also have these experiences where I'd be sort of sleepwalking and I don't remember this at all, but my mom explains it quite vividly and, um, 
definitely spooked. I mean, it's so weird. But apparently I would sleepwalk um, and I would turn on the TV and back in those days, like, you know, it it would just be static if you didn't have it on a channel. And so I would turn the TV on and it would be static and I would sit upright staring at a static TV for like hours. Um, And my parents said that one time, I'm giggling because it's very funny, but one time they had friends staying over and their friends saw me do this (laughs) and they didn't know what to do. They just left me because I was in this like catatonic state staring at this fuzzy TV. And they genuinely thought I was like possessed by the devil. They were just mortified, very, very, very afraid of it. And my mom was like, oh, yeah, weird stuff like that happens to her all the time. Um, in one of the houses that I grew up in as a small child, like I've always been sensitive to energy. Yeah? So um, one of the houses I would always complain of like there being this man in the place. And my my mom reminds me, she's like, you know, weird stuff would happen in that house all the time and she's like it would happen around you all the time and she's like you know uh, you would describe as a little toddler of someone being there and then all of a sudden all the baby bottles because I have a younger brother all of the baby bottles that would be lined up on the counter they would all fly off the counter right so like just these odd um, experiences that were really quite spooky and she just would say that you know I would always explain of seeing things of feeling things and as I got older as we moved into a different house I had the the same experiences where I would see things and um, I would feel things and it would really spook me out and they you know their approach was sort of just like no honey don't worry like you're totally fine it's okay Um, and it would really scare me yeah like I mean I don't don't remember vividly like the um, the images of the people but um, as I've gone into like hypnotic regressions I have seen those sorts of people um, and now identify them as being part of my spirit team some of them were absolutely not some of them were definitely like you know uh ghost kind of energy and that was uh terrifying (laughs) terrifying to put it oh yeah really scary actually really really scary for a small child yeah like imagine a five-year-old thinking that there's this fucking ghost running around the house and just seeing something that everyone else is like no 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 we don't see that um and being like totally normal, but then it would hit nighttime and I would just, you know, my imagination would imagination or spirituality, who who knows, the veil would be lifted and I would see more things. So that was quite scary. Um, I would also kind of know things about people that I wasn't really meant to know. Um, and that's pretty common for people in my family. But yeah, so that kind of stuff would happen. I just remember living in my initial childhood home, like the one that I had the most amount of memories in and just weird stuff would happen all the time. Like I would always feel like there was sort of people around and, you know, I remember being young and being the only one home or maybe my father was home. I can't remember, but I remember being quite young and being the only one home um, or someone was upstairs and I remember doing the dishes and I heard uh, at the time we were very lucky in the fact that my my parents had a pool table and they heard and I heard a knock at the pool table um and I was like oh that's nothing like and I just tried to ignore things so if I heard noises in the house I would try to ignore it if I saw something no you didn't like that was kind of my approach if I saw something no I didn't and I just tried to shut it out and was like this is too scary I don't want to see any of this I don't want to feel any of this I'm terrified Right. So I felt like I was constantly living in this fear. I hated being at home alone. I hated being in that space. Like I just, I felt so unsafe and so uncomfortable. Totally different now. Like I know what to do now, but you know, in back in the day, fucking terrifying. 
And not everybody has the experience, these experiences as a young child, right? I am quite blessed in the way that I had these experiences as a, as a young child and I wasn't really, I wasn't um, ostracized or I, I wasn't, my, my family was very supportive, you know, they they did all that they could and I think that they understood that something deeper was going on for me um, and so they were very supportive. They were obviously quite nervous and quite afraid for me but they were very supportive people. So I was lucky in that way. But anyway, I was sitting and doing the dishes and the dishes like from the kitchen you could see out to the pool table and out to like the um, family room and I heard this knock on the pool table and it was really odd and then I just kept like again pretend like you didn't see it then I heard two knocks and then I just was like oh my god <laughs> I'm so scared I just pretended like I couldn't see it and then I heard more knocks at the pool table and like vividly from the pool table yeah and then I heard it like basically banging on the pool table and some of the pool um uh, what are they called? The little pool balls that were starting to move and uh, move along the table. And I just fucking bolted. I ran out of the house um, and I was like, nope, nope. See you later. I hated going downstairs at night to even get a glass of water. I would make sure I had everything that I needed um, in my bedroom because I did not like leaving my bedroom. I had to go to the bathroom. Like I just felt like there was always something around. So that was my experience there. Um, and as I got older, I just kind of was like, nope, it's not real. I'm not even thinking about it. No, can't be real. I don't want it to be real. Therefore, it's not real, right? So I kind of really shut that down. I shut these parts of me down. And that would probably be more entering into high school where I was like, you know, I would talk about it with friends a little bit, but then I just, I'd really shut it down because I just didn't want to, I didn't want to play with it. It was fucking scary. It used to scare the shit out of me. So I would shut all of it down and then I went into high school. Um, I had this like extreme, extreme distaste for religion when I got into high school. Um, it Like really extreme where I was like, it's all bullshit. Like this is ridiculous. Like I can't believe that people are reading a fucking Bible and believing it. And I was a bit of a, I mean, I was a brat like, you know, most kids in high school. I was a, I was a bit of a brat and I um, had very very particular ways of viewing the world and if people didn't agree with me I really didn't like it and so I remember um having this absolute distaste towards religion and I was like this is so gross like I hate this and now I see it very differently yeah like my approach now is going anything that makes you feel better fucking oath go for it right but at the time made me feel really uncomfortable. I I've always felt guilted. Like if I did something wrong, I would be bad. I was also thinking like, well, you know, religion's not really protecting me from these odd spiritual experiences where I'm, you know, hearing things and seeing things and feeling things about people that I shouldn't. It's not protecting me from that. So like, you know, it's just telling me that you basically be talking to the devil. So I, I felt really uh, disconnected from religion as a general uh, rule because it felt to me that everything in religion was like, this just is how it is because it is. And that like, if you ask questions, um, people couldn't really answer the questions properly. And yeah, it's, it just felt a bit yuck, bit, bit sexist, bit gross, bit yuck to me as this, you know, 13, 14 year old kid. Um, and I remember really specifically, like my distaste and my hatred towards religion was so strong that I remember uh, being in school in a <laughs> I'm giggling thinking about it. I remember being in school, being in a classroom, and I've told some of my friends, and I'm going to tell this story, some of the school friends that I have. Um, and I remember being in school, and this 
religion teacher, this reverend, beautiful man, very strong in his faith. He really, truly believed in everything that he was saying. And God bless his fucking soul, yeah? (laughs) I'm sure that he must have been like, what is going on with this kid? But essentially he was sitting around and he was teaching us that um, apparently photos of Jesus had surfaced or whatever and he was saying that there was like um, definitive proof. I remember like being really strongly saying definitive proof that Jesus existed even though it was thousands and thousands of years ago and that, you know, God truly does exist because Jesus existed and blah, 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 blah. And he showed us this photo saying that apparently Jesus was 100% real. I saw the photo and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding? I was like, what do you mean? Like, you can't definitively say this. I'm like, is it like, is it a hundred percent? And he's like, no, no, no. But it's, you know, basically they're saying that this is what the case is. And I was like, how can you say that if it's not actually the case? And he was like, no, 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 it is. And I basically got into a massive argument with him. And I kind of remember all that I said, but you know, I got into this massive argument with this teacher who was at the time probably like 60 years old fighting with this 13-year-old, <laughs> ah, ripping him to shreds, saying like, stop feeding us propaganda from religion. Like, I don't like this. this is, you can't say this is definitively true. This is what you believe to be true, what Christianity believes to be true, but don't fucking shove it down our throats. And I was furious. Like, I, I just couldn't handle it because I hated religion classes I hated the fact that we even had to take them Um, and I thought that it was all just, you know, being shoved down our throats. I hated being in like we had weekly um, church things where we'd have to sit around and sing hymns to God and I was like, is it what the fuck is going on here? Like is this a cult? I don't understand. So I hated it. I hated it with a burning passion Um, and I never felt better from practicing any of it. I never felt better really from praying. The only time I would ever pray is if someone was dying, right? And so I was so mad and so angry and I kind of took it out on him and obviously, you know, 13 kid, hormones are running high, lots of things are changing um, and he ended up pulling me aside afterwards and was like, are you okay? Is everything okay at home? Like you seem very upset. And I was like, I just really struggle with religion. I just, I, I can't stomach it. I just can't stomach it. I'm sorry. Like there's so many inconsistencies. Um and as a 13-year-old, this was my this was my take. <laughs> Still to this day, there are a lot of inconsistencies. For me, personally, I also think that there are so many really good people who practice this. There's also, you know, so many shitty people and, you know, just people who use it to their advantage to um, manipulate people. And I, I don't really like that approach. But the same is true in spirituality. Like the same is true in the spiritual communities. Like their spiritual um, narcissism is really real. And, you know, I've definitely been somebody who has been exposed to that and it's been really fucking uncomfortable. So people who uh, stray in a moral way, it, it exists everywhere. But for me, I don't know, I just had this massive distaste. Again, don't have that now. So anyway, I would do all this sort of stuff and then I remember starting to go to um, with my aunt, my late aunt, um, and my mum, we would go to spiritual, not spiritual, sorry, uh, Buddhist like meditation retreats uh, a couple of times a year and that was really cool. Um, so we would be meditating, talking to monks. Uh, I really liked that. I thought that was a really 
beautiful approach to a different way of living. Um, it it was calming to me. I remember having like at the time my mum was taking me because I was starting to experience some panic attacks and some pretty bad anxiety symptoms. So it was really nice in that way. Like it really helped me slow down and calm down. Also helped me to start meditating. Um, so I've been meditating from literally the age of, I don't know, 13 when I first started going to these retreats and really enjoyed them. Really, really enjoyed them. So anyway, continue. Like, let's fast forward because I've been talking 20 minutes about my childhood and nobody needs to hear 20 minutes of um, my childhood any longer. So <laughs> fast forward to I get a little bit older, um, st- definitely start playing with like tarot cards. I remember having a beautiful friend. Her name's Katie and we would play with, <laughs> we'll play with little angel cards and stuff and we are both Aquarius sons so we were just living our best lives. Um, and, yeah, that would happen all the way through high school, came out of high school. Uh, I still held, I, I started to really open up in terms of spirituality. I really held these beliefs. I do want to also make mention of the fact that at the age of 13 was when I learned about what manifesting was. I read The Secret, watched the movie, really enjoyed it, but didn't quite understand the whole the whole picture of it. So as I was um, sort of playing with that as a teenager, it just didn't quite make a ton of sense to me. Um, and the same thing would happen, you know, as I, as I got older until I kind of stepped into the coaching space and didn't really understand how it worked. So uh, fast forward to, yeah, my 20s and I, um, you know, just kind of living my life. I was, I had been doing odd jobs, been doing some acting, those sorts of things. I really felt like spirituality helped me um, get these acting roles and helped me to calm my nervous system down to be able to kind of manifest them. And I practiced a lot of visualization before getting them. And I really loved it. I thought it was really great. I also had like these, I had strong feelings about things. Like I would have strong feelings about people, about things, about situations. Um, and sometimes I would have dreams about certain things and they they were incredibly accurate. So I, I was sort of like, I'm, I'm kind of open to this world, but I'm also kind of not like I would read books about it, but I would also be quite scared by it based off of my childhood experiences. Um, but that all kind of changed when I, went into my coaching cert and I studied NLP and within a couple of days of being in that NLP, like the live part of the course, there was heaps of hours that you had to do prior, but the live part of the course, within a couple of days of being in the live part of the course, I found myself like feeling really unblocked um, emotionally and spiritually. Cause like for me, being able to connect to spirituality means that, uh, well, kind of requires me to not feel so much tension and, um, uncomfortability in my thoughts and my body. And so I felt really kind of unblocked and unclogged. And when I went into the, the master practitioner part of NLP, um, we were doing lots of processes and yeah, like doing lots of live processes. And I connected with a beautiful person and he was a Tantra coach, a beautiful Tantra sex coach, and he was super spiritual and super in touch. And he would sort of say things to me and made me feel very much like I I could open up and talk to him about how I was feeling. And um, it felt like the first time that I was really connecting to somebody who was 
not just like super scientifically minded because science has its place and I think it's amazing and it shows so many amazing things. But some of the experiences that I've had have not been backed up by science by any means. Um, and they can't be because it just happens randomly. <laughs> so anyway, he made me feel really quite safe. Um, and then I also connected with another woman who was in that training and she was a psychic medium and we connected and kind of like had this, um, yeah, she, she was amazing, like really incredible human and very much helped me kind of open up to spirituality as well. And I remember as we were kind of doing all of these processes and uh, for the couple of weeks that we were doing the live part of the training, I had this massive lump come up on my head around my third eye and it was like enormous, enormous lump right around the third eye. And if you don't know where that is, Google it. Um, but I had this massive lump and I had a couple of people come up to me and I was like, it's not a pimple. Like this is a massive lump. I haven't hit my head. I don't know what is happening to me. And, um, I had a few people being like, I think your third eye is opening and I think it's, it's really about to go next level. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That's, that's cool to me. Um, but anyway, I connected with, uh, two people deeply at the training, um, and one of them was going to a psychic mediumship circle every single, I think it was Tuesday night or Friday morning. I can't really remember, but every single week they would go to this circle and she actually invited me to go. And I'm incredibly grateful for that opportunity and being invited to go because I went there and then, yeah, within a, within like a week, uh, of the training ending and being at this um, this mediumship circle. And psychic mediumship circles, what they are is essentially a place for you to practice your psychic mediumship abilities. Um, so it's a place for you to really like tune in and you practice and you give readings to people and, um, you know, you play with energy and it's it's really cool. It's really great, really highly recommend at the time I was in, I was in my early twenties. I was the literally, I'm not kidding when I say this, the only person that was probably under the age of 30. Um, my friend, she was around early thirties and then everyone else was like 40 plus. <laughs> like it was just, I was the baby in the group all the time. Um, and it was an odd, an odd place and it would be like an open circle. So random people would come each week and really amazing. The person who ran it, um, he was just super helpful and really, really, uh, great with supporting the development, the psychic development. And yeah, so within that week, I just started to have like, it felt like everything had opened up. I was feeling things about people. I was seeing things. I was seeing spirit. I was feeling spirit. I was connecting to so much more. And it was like a massive, it was overwhelming to my system. It was super overwhelming to my nervous system because I'd done so much development and it felt like I'd cleared so many blocks that were kind of stopping me from allowing myself to open up in this space. And then I just had all these in, insane downloads. Um, and you know, it, it, it was full on. So I was giving these readings in class and this, everybody was sort of like, wow, you know, the readings are really well developed. This, it's bizarre that you're doing this. Um, so young and getting it so accurate and it was true it was absolutely true the readings that I was giving were incredibly accurate and um it kind of spun me out how that was even possible to get really accurate readings at that time and it still scared me yeah like I remember driving home one time from this circle and feeling like there was still like energy around me and having to kind of learn how to cleanse the space and you know there was so much that I had to learn 
to be able to practice and process all of this. And it was quite overwhelming. So practice with all of that. Um, and then I kind of announced it to the world after a couple of months that, uh, like obviously I'd announced that I was doing coaching, but then I think maybe six months after training as, you know, a psychic medium, I announced it to the world. I announced it to, um, my Instagram audience. I was sort of like telling my friends about it. And, um, I remember being made fun of a lot, like not a little bit, a lot from people that I'd known in my past. Um, from people that were friends with me as well. Um, and look, I get it. You know, I had been, I'd been a particular person prior to, you know, the coaching space, prior to, you know, really having these psychic abilities and this mediumship abilities open up. I had been a very particular person, right? And so many people in my life knew me as that person. They, they knew me, um, to be only one kind of way because I hadn't necessarily opened up about everything else. And so for them, it would have been really jarring that in the space of, you know, six to 12 months, I had just really changed as a person, really, really changed. And also at the time of me doing all of the work, like my spiritual dogma was full on. Like I was very much like shoving things down people's throat um, in terms of like the ways that, I, you know, people should operate and la, la, la. And definitely not the way to operate if you start your coaching journey or if you start your spiritual journey. Keep it to yourself, just lead by example, and then everyone will start to ask questions. Um, but, you know, it's at the time, you know, it would have been really jarring. I had changed so much. All I want to talk about was like positive things. I was really living and breathing that toxic positivity stuff. Um, not to say that that's a bad thing. I mean, it is a bad thing to be spreading toxic positivity, but uh, for me, it was really integral. It was a really integral part of my journey. So I, I had to play with that. Um, and I was doing like lots of work on myself and, uh, you know, working with clients as well and supporting them. And yeah, it was like a massive tra transformative time. It was an incredibly transformative time and I, I would not change it for the world, but I did feel incredibly ostracized the second that I was kind of opening up about the psychic mediumship um, and the spirituality side of things, I felt like people just kind of repelled and ran away from me and didn't want anything to do with me. People that I'd known for, you know, a long time, people that I'd known since I was a little child, they, it felt like they didn't want anything to do with me. And granted, you know, if they're scared of that kind of stuff, then someone like me would have been very repelling to be around. And so, you know, the pendulum of like spirituality and then science, you know, being science-based, it kind of like swung super super spiritual um, realm, like it, I was very much in that space, felt very alone, uh, felt very isolated. I, I don't think I have ever felt as isolated in my life as opposed to the time that I was going through all of that. And I remember like I had family members in, you know, I, I didn't even want to spend time with my family, not the close family but the extended families because um, they would just – yeah, pe that people would try and be supportive, but then others just used to literally rip me to shreds. Like, at, and it was horrible. It was, and as I sort of say it, like, I feel really bad. I feel really sorry for that version of me because it would have been so scary to be trying to speak your truth about something that is happening in your life and to be trying to kind of uplift people and show them that something gets to be different and to receive such an extreme amount of backlash and experience such a deep level of hurt and pain as a result of, you know, me trying to be who I am. 
So, yeah, I don't think I've ever felt so isolated in my life. Um, and I kind of put it away for a little bit. So I went to this um, psychic mediumship development retreat thing and somehow, like I'd only been practising for a year, so don't ask me how the fuck this happened because I truly don't know. Oh, maybe it was a little bit over a year. Yeah, anyway, I, I went to this <laughs> retreat and I remember being at the retreat and um, I was popped into the highest level of development uh, the, the highest development circle, which was bizarre to me. I was also, uh, I also prior to that had done some uh, psychic medium work at spiritual churches. So there are spiritual churches all over Victoria. Uh, they, I don't like them. I'm not going to lie. They, I mean, they're beautiful places. Like if you're open to it, fantastic. But for me, I just couldn't no 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 it was not for me um so I remember going to those sorts of spaces and places and delivering readings found it uh good I can't even remember exactly how I delivered the readings but I remember doing talks so anyway fast forward doing this psychic medium develop the development course and I was working with like no joke one of the most well-known um psychic mediums in the world like they have a beautiful training center in the UK I would love to eventually go to the training center I just haven't been practicing in a formal way psychic mediumship for a long time I'm sure when the time presents itself I'll start it again but right now I, I love the development stage that I'm currently at so I remember going to um, yeah this this space and training, and then at the time I had a very sick family member, and um, she was in hospital. Uh, and my auntie actually, and she was in hospital, and it wasn't looking good for her. Like she had cancer, and it just wasn't looking good. And I was starting to get readings from people, basically about her, even though she hadn't crossed over yet. So and crossed over means you know passed away um so she hadn't crossed over yet and people were starting to give to give me readings and I found it incredibly overwhelming and so I just went no I can't I can't be here um and I left because I was I because you know in these trainings like people are giving you readings and there would be random people like there was over 150 people at that training and so it'd be a random person they wouldn't know who you are they wouldn't know anything about you um and to get a reading about somebody who's already alive and you know it just was really jarring and I didn't like it who's still alive. So anyway, I left it. Um, and then from then on, yeah, I, again, still had really odd experiences happening. I continued to go to circle, but after having somebody close in my life pass away, um, my godmother, I, I actually found it really hard to continue to practice and I needed a break from it. So I took a big break from it, put my focus in other areas, um, became a lot more science-based. And, you know, the it's been a few years now of like, kind of melding the two I feel like I've really set more into my spirituality probably in the last year where I'm using a lot more of that when I'm working with my clients uh, and really enjoying it really 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 enjoying it so <sighs> yeah that's I suppose my psychic that's my spiritual journey and like practicing the psychic mediumship side of things um, but you, you know, everybody is innately spiritual. Everybody has psychic ability. Everybody has ability to connect to other realms, to other, um, yeah, to, to other knowings, to other beings, if you choose it, like if it's not for you, you don't need to. Um, so yeah, <laughs> 
that's essentially been my journey and I'm realizing and recognizing how freaking long this is right now and it it is becoming a very, very long podcast. And before I kind of get into how you can start to develop your, like, you know, how to start to tap into spirituality and you starting your own spiritual journey, um, I do just want to say that You But Fearless, which is my 12-week signature program, which is really designed to help you clear any blocks that are holding you back so you can begin to live a really fearless life and a life where you have full trust in yourself, full ownership in who you are are, and um, become really magnetic in who you get to be. If you're interested in being part of You But Fearless, then uh, there are not that many spots actually. Um, and I, because I've launched it to a line, which was, um, my previous program that happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and a lot of spots have been taken by those ladies, but I will be beginning the launch of that next week and either tomorrow or Friday, depending on when you are listening to this, um, it will be going live to my wait list. So make sure that you're on that wait list because you'll be getting some money off if you join it and you're on my wait list. Um, and I, yeah, it's a really powerful, incredible program. I think this is my sixth time of running it. So many clients who have been in that space have really, through doing the work that we do in You But Fearless, been able to connect to spirituality so much more, been able to connect to themselves, their intuition, their own inner guidance and their soul's guidance so much more just as a result of being in that space and being willing to develop and to open their minds and their hearts and their souls. And so if you're keen, definitely make sure that you're on the wait list. My wait list um, link is just in the, it's in the show notes. And yeah, I'm really excited about running it. We're going to be starting on the 1st of March and it's just going to be next fucking level. Some of the women who have already joined, like, holy shit, they're amazing. And it's going to be so fucking powerful. So if you're feeling cool, definitely make sure that you're on that list. Anyway, back to the spiritual part. I haven't mentioned this and I do think it's important to mention, but I did also have an experience um, at this psychic medium retreat. And I remember being like, what the fuck? And I've spoken about this on the Happy Hour podcast. If you don't know what the Happy Hour podcast is, um, it is, yeah, a really well-known Australian podcast. Um, The girls are great, Lucy and Nikki. And I do speak about this experience because it was my wildest story. And it truly is my wildest spiritual story I've ever had. But I was at this retreat. And we did like a, it's not a seance. What's it called? It's, uh, me, what? I can't even remember the word. Mediumship, hypnotic mediumship, transcendental medium. I can't remember the word. I'm so sorry, guys. It's completely lost me. And I know in like five minutes, I'll figure out what it was. Um, but there's this form of mediumship where essentially like you are channeling spirits, right? You're channeling guides or you're channeling spirits and the spirits get to start to talk. Um, and there are lots of, there's lots of evidence of this online. I mean, definitely if you're interested in that kind of layer of mediumship, then just do a quick little YouTube search of like channeled um, mediumship because it's mediumship because mediumship is different to psychic. Psychic is like um, – tuning into someone's future where they're at right now and their future mediumship is when you're connecting to spirits um so someone who's passed over or you're connecting to spirits like uh god or source or whatever it might be and you're relaying a message from them right psychic is more 
you know, you're still tuning into that, but it's not like a label. So mediumship is more about connecting you to people who have passed over or, you know, spirit guides, that kind of stuff. So the, yeah, it was this hypnotic mediumship. I actually can't, I still can't remember what what it's called. But anyway, my teacher had decided to create this like psychic mediumship kind of development thing. And he, we, we all went downstairs. I think it must have been 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. The whole room had to be really, really dark. It was like dark lights, like dark, dark lights in the space. Um, and I was really scared of this because I was like, you're fucking channeling a, a spirit. Like, oh, my God, a spirit's going to be in your body. Are you fucking kidding me? I was terrified. And he sits down and it's like this really um, different music's playing. He's like all tied up in the chair. Uh, and, yeah, like it's it's I'm just terrified so I'm like standing at the back of the room because I'm like fuck this this is too scary this is too much for me Uh, (laughs) but I remember watching this guy and he's like starting to breathe and connecting in allowing some spirit to channel um him and use his body and use his energy to be able to channel and I remember as we're watching that this like veil of a different person's face came over the top of him and like a see-through veil and it looked like this kind of Asian man like he this guy had blonde hair his name's Tony Stockwell he had blonde hair and all of a sudden there was this veil and there's no like projectors in there yeah so this is all very much truly just happening this veil of this different person's face came over the top of his 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 hair went black um he had these like big bushy eyebrow things um Almost like a, I can't remember if it was a beard, but I just remember like these massive, like these piercing eyes, look like tiger eyes. And he starts to speak and his voice is entirely different to Tony's, like so fucking different. And he's speaking to everyone and kind of looking around the room. And I truly could have, you, I, I'm surprised I didn't actually shit myself. <laughs> it was scary. I remember shaking, being like, oh my God, this is too much. Cause it just showed me and opened me up to like, anything is possible. And there's so much more that's happening out there in the world than what we believe to be true. So even right now, as you're listening to this and you're going, oh my gosh, you know, that's a lot. Like starting a spiritual journey or enhancing a spiritual journey does not mean that you have to watch like this um, transcendental mediumship or whatever it's called. Like you do not have to be a part of that. That's like a very niche thing to be doing, but I'm just explaining my own journey. So yeah, watching him kind of channel and he was talking to people. And, um, I remember he pulled someone out of the audience and I was just like trying to hide away. I was like, I don't want to be fucking called out of the audience. I'm going to shit my pants if I do that. So he, yeah, was called, he called this person out of the audience and, um, basically said that there was something wrong with her body and was pulling out energy and you could literally see like you could physically see stuff coming out of her body and like sparks were flying and it was fucking wild I've just never seen anything like it it was like a physical representation um, of the spiritual stuff and the energetics and I, I've never seen anything like it and I don't know if I'll ever see anything like it in the future because it just fucking freaked me out. So anyway, I'm watching these sparks flying off this person being like, oh, my God, I'm going to shit myself. And it was wild. I've never seen anything like it. And then his face started to morph and started to change into um, a person that this person, like there was a woman standing up there, and she 
I think it was her, maybe it was somebody else, but basically someone started crying being like, oh my God, it's Peter. It's it's my partner who's passed away. And like they were crying and screaming and I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) So that had happened. That is by far the wildest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, For some people, that's totally normal. It's like a normal bloody Tuesday night. For me, it was absolutely not a normal thing and freaked me the fuck out, but it was incredible nonetheless and really did open me up into, wow, anything is possible and there is so much more out there in the world that we just don't know about yet and that's okay. So anyway, starting your spiritual journey because I had to mention that story because some of you would be like, um, excuse me, <laughs> I've heard you mention it before and you didn't go into it, but starting your own spiritual journey, I mean, this looks totally different to each and every person. Everybody is so different, right? So I'm not saying that this is the only way to practice spirituality and practice it in your own life. Absolutely not. That is not the case. This is not the only way of practicing spirituality. You don't have to go down a psychic mediumship path that I went down. You know, I use the psychic work and the psychic ability that I have. I use that in my processes and which is, it's why my clients get such phenomenal results so quickly because sometimes I will say things to them that they they didn't, they've never told me before. And I'll go, oh yeah, there's this going on. And they're like, I haven't fucking said that to you, Laura. Or, you know, we could be working through and I'll say, yeah, I've got this really strong feeling that this is what's going on for you right now. And then all of a sudden the tears will come through and it will be happening. And so we'll work through and we'll deal with those blocks. And so clients get really phenomenal results from this ability. And if you are a coach, I would implore you to kind of work with these, um, maybe not going into the psychic mediumship, but like really enhancing your intuition. I think that that's really important. But some ways in which you can start to work on this yourself and kind of open yourself up and going along this spiritual journey is just realizing that firstly, everybody's on a different journey. Everybody's on a different path and a different trajectory. And you can enhance this. Like what you've heard from me today about my experiences, they are very niche, right? It's like very, very specific um, experience, but everybody's experience with this work is totally different. And so you yourself might be willing to open up to this world and, you know, you can, it doesn't have to happen overnight. Like I actually wouldn't suggest for it to happen in the way that it happened to me because it felt very intense. It was very overwhelming for about a year. Um, so there are softer ways and softer approaches of doing this. But my my first kind of tip would be to start um, practicing and connecting to the universe. So practicing manifestation, practicing Um, whatever you can to be able to start to develop those skills. So this would look like sort of intention setting and practicing gratitude. Um, So, you know, practicing a lot of appreciation because that's really powerful, but also, you know, setting an intention each day and just allowing that intention to come forth. I would also suggest really looking after your nervous system, really tuning into your nervous system and slowing yourself down. Intuition, psychic mediumship abilities, it comes when things are clear. It doesn't come when you are busy and when you're overrun and you're overworked. Like it's really hard to tune into our intuition because it is so subtle and it is so soft within the body. It's also hard to tune into kind of spirits and different downloads and different insights. It can be really tricky to do that too when we are so clogged and when we are doing so much. So I would strongly suggest finding time and finding ways to be able to slow down your nervous system and slowing yourself down as well. So practicing meditation, practicing all sorts of things in that way just to slow you down enough to be able to listen to your inner guidance. Um, getting away from long, getting away from your phone for long periods of time, I find that the phone is a massive distraction and any time that I'm trying to tune into my guidance and tune into my inner knowing or my knowing about, you know, 
what's happening with my business because, again, I use all of this. I use this psychic mediumship work, um, like all of this. I use it in my work. Uh, But my big thing is like getting away from social media, getting away from putting things out there, just allowing myself to really kind of tune into my inner knowing. And I have been doing that over the last weekend. And I did that, um, yeah, this last weekend, it was really powerful and really cool because I spent a lot of time um, connecting to myself and practicing sort of some spirituality and some soul journaling and what is really coming up. And I, I, I practiced a lot of what I preach and actually went away for a night by myself down to Phillip Island um, because I really wanted to be in my own space and be in my own energy and just really slow down and really disconnect. And I came off social media as well for that so that I could really connect and allow myself to connect to what is coming what is moving through me forward um sorry what is moving through me to take me forward in life and what is moving through the business as well and really setting those intentions so that was a big thing so getting away from the phone you know getting yourself out into nature practicing some soul journaling um if you're interested in me talking more about that then please let me know is stuff that I go into in you but fearless though um in a lot of depth, right? In a lot of depth so that my clients can get the most out of it. Um, The next piece that I would suggest is reading some books and learning a lot more from other people, spiritual teachers, um, mentors, coaches, learning what you can from those people. So listening to a podcast like this, yeah, reading a book. One book that I would really strongly suggest for you to read is The Surrender Experiment by Michael A. Singer. He's an incredibly spiritual man, but it's not overwhelming. So I would strongly suggest listening to that book actually because he narrates it and you'll get beautiful spiritual downloads as you listen to it. And it really um, it speaks to the importance of slowing down and allowing the next step to come to come to fruition and to show you where you need to go. So I would strongly suggest like listening to different mentors, different people. But the biggest thing, this is the number one thing that I would strongly suggest is work on your development. Like so many people that I have worked with, they have been so incredibly blocked in so many ways. And the reasons why they have been so blocked is not because they are bad or they're unworthy. It's because they actually have blocks and trigger points from their experiences as a child um, and as, as a young teenager about this world and about this work. They've been told, oh, this is so woo-woo. This is so weird. This is so out of uh, out of there, right? And they have been told so many things. And so it's really important to start to like recognize the story that you have and the stories that you have around spirituality, why you've told yourself that you can't do it and um, really start to look at if that's actually true because it's not, yeah? Like so many people, I know of people who have had major spiritual awakenings um, where they've realized, oh my God, I'm like, I can be in charge of my own life and I don't have to be a victim of my circumstances through doing, you know, personal development work or not even personal development work. They have done it through, um, they just one day woke up and it was like, yep, this is where I've got to go moving forward. So it can happen in a multitude of ways um, if you're open to it. Really, really important to recognize that. Uh, The next piece and the final piece that I would say, and I don't know if I just said this because I feel like I just blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the final piece is to do your own personal development work and spiritual work. Like actually allow yourself to be in spaces with people who are like you, who are doing the work, 
or who ha- are a little bit further along than you in your journey so that you can start to open up to this, right? I cannot explain to you how much it's helped me working with mentors in the spiritual space. Um, it's It was so powerful to be in a psychic mediumship circle for the years that I was in that space. It's been so powerful to me to be in business containers that have a really heavy emphasis on spirituality and, um, you know, kind of connecting to that. So I would strongly suggest like the best place and the easiest place to sort of start on this journey and not even start, but to enhance it and to really open yourself up psychically a lot is to get yourself in these personal development spaces. I've had a multitude of clients who they have done work with me in, in you, but fearless or in other courses that I've run. And all of a sudden, like I, I get messages from them being like, I feel so intuitive now. Like I'm so in tune with what is for me, what is not for me, how I get to feel and what I get to see moving forward. And I'm so incredibly in tune with um, other people's energy and I feel like I'm having these awakenings. And it's like, yeah, of course you would because you're clearing the blocks that are holding you back, right? You're clearing the blocks that are holding you back from being that spiritual being that you already are because you are already incredibly spiritual. But sometimes we just have blocks. And I know that was the case for me, which is why doing all the coaching stuff, it really opened up a hell of a lot more and then continue to work continuing to do all of that for me because it's really important that I'm continuing to work on myself. Um, so yeah. Anyway, those are the kind of the tips that I would suggest. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I am going to cut it now because I know that it, I mean, I've been speaking for 52 minutes and I'm just thinking, holy shit, this is a long episode. Let me know on my Instagram if you guys like the longer style episodes, if you like sort of more of this, this stories and my journey alongside what you can do as well. Um, but yeah, I, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I definitely enjoyed speaking about it. It was so easy for me to speak about. And in the next couple of episodes, we're going to have some guests come in as well, which I'm very, very excited about so that we um, get other people's angles of this work and how it's influenced their lives. And, you know, truly connecting to spirituality for me has and doing all this personal development work that I have done and trained in and obviously help others with it it's completely changed my life like I am so incredibly intuitive I know what is for me I know what is not for me I know the path that I'm going down I also know that I get to choose things and I get to ask for spiritual guidance and support and um I feel very connected to the universe I feel very connected to energy and you know, I, I'm really glad that I have that. I'm really, really, really glad that I have that. <sighs> I'm sure there's so much more I can speak about because now that I'm talking to you, I go, oh my God, I could tell them that story or this story or this story. So <laughs> if you ever want a part two of this, let me know. Um, but anyway, I hope you have enjoyed this. This is like the third time I've said this. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and make sure if you have that you leave me a review or you um, subscribe and Make sure that you do share this if you find this quite interesting too. Share it to somebody who might need it if they're currently going through their own spiritual awakening. If they're finding it scary, definitely allow yourself to be supported by others. Really, really important to be doing so. Um, and if you're interested in becoming part of You But Fearless, then make sure that you definitely, 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 definitely um, 
put that forward. <laughs> so make sure that you get your name on the wait list down below because I'm really, really, really excited to be able to support you guys in New But Fearless this year. It's going to be next fucking level and there is a heavy emphasis on spirituality this year too. So that might be a little bit different to the last year that we've experienced together. Anyway, I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you.